0: Lots of Buzzing Edition. That's a real... That's obtuse. What does that mean, lots of buzzing? It could be anything. That's just a tease of what our show is this week, the subject of our show. Um, uh, With us, back from the computer dead, (laughs) is Gabby Panicia, (laughs) virologist from Rockefeller University. Gabby, how are, how is the computer? Do you, are you on a spanking new computer now? Is that what's happening?
1: Yes, I am on a bright, shiny new computer that I have not yet defaced with a million stickers. <laughs> oh, that's going to have to change. It's actually weird carrying around a laptop that isn't blasted with stickers. Hmm. Um, I feel like this isn't me. Uh, so I I have like a full like red bubble cart of like stickers that I'm going to. <laughs> completely destroy this thing with
0: what kind of stickers five seconds what kind of stickers will Um, will they be it's
1: usually like a random hodgepodge of like stuff from shows that I have or like like I have like two sets of stickers that are like from a book series that like the author like did a thing so there's just like one of like the like you wouldn't know it's from the book unless like you'd read it and happen to like see this logo like in the second set of a trilogy cool um so like so other like assorted science nerdy references, um, some that are just kind of like this is a this is a flower, this is pretty. I'm gonna stick it on a laptop. <laughs> um, my last one was like a, a fun hodgepodge. There's usually a couple of cats hidden in there somewhere. Just <laughs> like I, I go for whimsy, not for aesthetic. Um, so there there will be some science theme. There will be some general nerdery. Um, and all in all, you're not going to be able to tell that it's a new computer very, very, very quickly.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I must say, I'm very impressed. I'm always impressed with people who do that because I, I am on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. I and you said you you prefer a Windows machine, you know, like Mac. I love Mac. I'm a Mac devotee since the Apple II computer in the early days, and uh, so I, I not only do not put anything on my laptop for instance uh i don't put it in a sleeve or anything like that i figure you know they build these things they're fairly strong and they're resilient and they put so much effort into the look of it i feel i'm gonna leave it as is and i go so far as as this is the extreme end i'm talking about i have special cloths that are uh uh, you can use to uh keep it clean you know and keep the screen brand new looking and things like that so one time i had to uh uh I had to go somewhere where they had to put a sticker on it and yeah. I was couldn't get that sticker. Uh, once I peeled the sticker off, it tore and I was mm. left with all that gummy. St- oh my God, it was horrible.
1: See, if it's just already covered in stickers,
0: you never have to Wouldn't worry have about scratch. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I used to be like a, a, a purist. Actually, when I had a, a Mac in college, I like yeah. didn't put anything on it. And now I'm like, man, eh, it's a computer. I'm just going to slap it full of stickers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so our, our, uh, the tease I mentioned was buzzing and, um, oh, and by the way, uh, just, just a note to fans of Matt, uh, Matt Stanley is uh, on assignment again. There have been lots of, uh, uh, eruptions in the, um, or d- disconnections happening in the history of science timeline. And so Matt is, uh, back, uh, repairing it so that, uh, we'll see what happens if we wake up tomorrow and we are all frogs then he was unsuccessful or maybe that was successful maybe <laughs> that was a positive thing uh but he'll uh, we were always supposed to
1: be frogs
0: yeah we <laughs> were supposed to be frogs. and i uh, by the way i'm philip shane i'm a documentary filmmaker and i just landed here from mars um so our story this week uh is ripped from the headlines again, but as we say, you know, nobody prints anything out anymore. So it isn't really ripped so much as screenshot from the headlines, uh, from scientific American. Um, uh, this is a story that is our, is spawning our if, and we'll get to what an if means in a moment, but uh, I just want to read the headline is hot off the press from scientific American. The headline is bees buzz in more ways than you might think. Uh, and then we're gonna, I'm going to read a little bit of this story, and then we're going to turn it into an if. So, Gabby, could you explain for those who are completely new and already completely lost um, what is about to happen here? What are we doing to this poor journalistic uh, article?
1: Yeah, so we take usually as inspiration some news story, some piece of science that's just come out, and we use it to sort of spawn an if, a sort of what-if scenario where we change one thing about the way that the universe actually works and then follow the ramifications of that as far out as we can go. And usually some science falls out along the way as well as some complete and utter catastrophe.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and so... Uh- we begin with this is real we begin with the the we, we begin all our thought experiments with the grounding of reality, and so this is reality, as I said from Scientific American um, this was actually it looks like it was a it was, it was a podcast episode of theirs uh, and um, but they also printed a little excerpt of it as a, uh, a news story in Scientific American and um, the headline again bees buzz in more ways than you might think, and this is what it was about. Um, Uh, producer Shayla Love brings a story about research that might change the way you look at bees forever. Bees, as we know, buzz. Um, And this is from, by the way, Jeff DelVisio. Bees, as we know, buzz, but they are also buzzing with electricity. Get a lot of them together in the air, and the mass effect... Mass effect, that's a video game thing, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) Mass effect of their electric flight could rival the charge in a thunderstorm cloud... That's cool, but this is my favorite sentence in the whole article. Also, if you covered a car battery with fifty million million bees, I believe that's fifty trillion bees, you could jumpstart it. Real facts, it says in the article. Uh, this episode was first aired on November fifteenth, twenty twenty-two. Um, so, just a little bit love, uh, love, <laughs> a little bit of love here <laughs> is, is by the article. Mm-hmm. Reporter is Shayla Love which is also, we have to give a shout out to Shayla Love. That's a heck of a name. Um, She says, uh, when you hear a bee buzzing along, visiting a flower, you're hearing the movement of air made by the fluttering of its wings. But it turns out that bees are buzzing in more than one way. Um, And the article goes on, there are, uh, Ellard Hunting, a biologist at the University of Bristol in England, studies how different organisms use those electric fields in the environment. Plants and pollen tend to be negatively charged, and the bees are positively charged. Um, The bee visits a flower, and the pollen is actually electrostatically attracted to the bee, and so they stick better, and they transfer better. Um, Now, jumping ahead, I'm just jumping ahead a little bit in the article, because uh, this is where we get to the really good stuff. Altogether, because there are so many insects in the atmosphere, they can have a massive effect. This means that bees and other large groups of insects are capable of changing the atmospheric electrical fields around them, potentially impacting things such as weather events, cloud formation, and dust dispersal. Insects are not the only living thing that spend time in the atmosphere. Birds and microorganisms carry charge too and can take up space. In the lower atmosphere. Now, they go on to say, "This is speculation." I'll just wrap up. Just uh, one of the uh, scientists interviewed in the uh, story says, "We can only speculate, but like, it might have an impact on cloud formation. If there's a direct link between insects and cloud formation, then we know that clouds are relevant to climate, and insect electric- electricity could be influencing how dust moves around the atmosphere." So there's a lot. Of, there's nothing here absolutely. Proven, it sounds like, right? They're still doing research. It's still happening. But they are raising questions. And in fact, what they are doing is asking what, uh, what the if, which is what we do. So, Gabby, if we, we translate this now into a thought experiment, what might be the question? I think, I think posing the question is sort of like conjuring the spell in Harry Potter. We have to say the right words. How might you phrase it?
1: Oh, for our if today?
0: Yes, for our if today. As we launch, oh, an experiment. I
1: absolutely think we should explore what if bees could control the weather. I think bees need all the power.
0: Absolutely, but, absolutely, and so and so people should don. Uh, uh, can you can you give them the safety uh, warning? What what uh, protective gear should they be donning as we announce?
1: Oh leave? yes. So, I mean, we're about to completely uh, change reality. The claxons are blaring. <laughs> grab whatever PPE, personal protective equipment, you think is appropriate. And uh, we'll see if you've survived at the end and those safety goggles were enough.
0: <laughs> yes. And always remember your pepper as we ask, what <laughs> the if? Bees. Control the weather. You need a song like it's raining men, but it's raining bees. <laughs> it's raining honey? I don't know. It's raining honey. Oh. <laughs> the whole thing. Oh. Uh. <laughs> my, my, my computer froze. I don't know if yours did in the middle of that. Maybe, maybe not. I think it's the bees. It's been the bees. freezing
1: a little bit sometimes. Yeah. I'm also blaming the bees.
0: Yeah. So the bees control the weather. Um, Are they doing it intentionally?
1: Uh, You know, I don't know. Bees are smarter than I think we give them credit for. Uh Um, How so? So, oh, like bees have like more, so you kind of think of bees as just sort of generally mindless, but they're actually very good at communicating with each other. Mm. Um, so between the normal insect catalog of like pheromones, bees will also do a dance to point each other to good sources of food. Um, and it sounds ridiculous, but like the different, um, the different like components of the dance show, like show the other bees where it is, how far away it is, like how nutrient dense it is. Um, plus I think they, they're also like good at like, I think they can do like basic math. Like I think they what? tested this somehow, and like they bees have a concept of zero. Wow! And then they also got bees to do tasks like rolling like a ball for a treat or whatever. But they would figure it out faster if the bee if the researchers used a striped, like a, a yellow and black striped, you know, pole to push the the ball in like the hole or whatever that the bees had to bring the ball to. So they wow. essentially can learn from watching each other. Wow! Um, so. You know we we can we can spin it that the bees are deliberate or that you know we are good at manipulating the bees much like our current you know beekeeper bee situation where the bees are doing their thing but the humans can influence it to our advantage. Right. I think that might sort of be a a good middle ground to base this off of.
0: Yes. And um I think what we can do here is a little bit, a little bit of this show, a little bit of the idea of these thought experiments comes from the, I believe, the process you go through when you're writing science fiction. For instance, if you want to begin with good science, you go and you kind of work your way to to a science fiction story based in reality in some degree. You go through a process, and so I could imagine that the first part of this is that um, we have to just the first thing that would have to happen is. If, it, if we're going to have a story where we alt- humans ultimately are able to use the power, to harness the power of bees to control the weather for our own purposes, the first thing that has to happen is we have to discover that the bees are controlled with the weather. So in other words, imagine this story is published, and let's say more research goes into it, and uh, they discover, yeah, it absolutely is true that the bees can control the weather. So let's just say when we first observe what the natural state of bees Effect on the weather is what? Uh, how might how might you visualize that? What do you think? You, you yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, I
1: feel like we should probably first talk a little bit about like the paper and what they actually found because okay. they didn't find that bees. Just just to clear it up for the right, audience, right. they did not find that bees influenced the weather. Right. They essentially found that like a swarm of insects, like bees or like locusts, could you know affect the electrical field in the atmosphere to the same degree that weather does. That like a lightning storm would. And so that kind of, like, positive charge can influence things like dust. And dust can help nucleate clouds, um, you know, affect the ions in the atmosphere. And also, too, that sort of, like, dust uh, transit in the atmosphere is a big one for, like, getting nutrients to different places. So, for example, I think it's the Amazon jungle, like, a lot of the nutrients that they get actually comes from dust from, like, the Sahara. um, And that's, like, blown across the ocean. So, currently the thought is not that a swarm of bees flaps its wings and then a thunderstorm happens, you know, somewhere. It's, it's not the butterfly effect, but for bees and weather. Right. Um, but they're arguing essentially to some extent that, you know, maybe we should be considering the movement of organisms in our models of weather because it may actually be playing some sort of subtle role that we're not accounting for that right now in our models probably looks just kind of like random or like noise or like, oh, maybe, you know, there must have been something that we're missing because we didn't expect that storm to take a left turn. And perhaps that left turn was, you know, partially influenced by the fact that a swarm of birds and bees and insects or whatever was moving away from the front of the storm or something. A lot of variables right now.
0: It's also This is a good example of the kind of thing where you don't get, you don't learn something until you ask the right question. You know, like you have to think to ask can insects influence is it possible if the insects are influencing the weather and then you have to go beyond the fact of like the your initial impulse or the impulse of your colleagues to say well that's completely absurd you know you have to be able to research oh yeah, it. yeah.
1: Full, i mean full disclosure when i like read this story i was like i i need to read the paper because just the <laughs> yeah, idea of like yeah, oh the yeah. bees could be influencing the weather i was like you got to take it back at least two steps for me i have to know what you're really positing cuz i know bees control the weather is not really the uh crux of this academic paper no nobody's going to publish bees control the weather without a lot of <laughs> well, i wouldn't say work.
0: nobody but <laughs>
1: this is true. there's a we, lot of tabloid we are uh, publishing yeah <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah. Every, th- there's sort of a, a filter that like new science, pop science, like makes its way through where yeah. it's like reputable, like news source, like, uh, you know, breaks down the science. Yeah. And then like bits, like the sexiest bits of it get copied for sound bites down to like, you know, the New York Post. Yeah. And then they're like, it's the end of the world. The bees are going to cause tornadoes. Uh, kill all bees. Oh, and the bees the, cause the tornadoes.
0: tornadoes. There's a good <laughs> bee NATO. Yeah. Sharknado oh, versus bee-nado.
1: <laughs> Get on the horn with, uh, what, 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 was that sci-fi, the channel?
0: I think so, the yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Get on the horn with sci-fi. Yeah,
0: yeah, and then snakes on a plane. Um, so, uh, all right, but but in our scenario, um, uh, bees are controlling the weather uh, not with any great sentience, but just in the way that they, that, you know, perhaps uh, instinctively they they do what they do, and it happens to affect the weather. Um, that actually could uh, you could imagine that influencing the weather. If that were true, it is possible. I could imagine that evolutionarily, it might turn out that um, they control the weather in a positive way for their environment, right? Or 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 some, somehow imbalance with their environment like you know
1: yeah i mean so you think about it in the way of you know evolution is sort of a way of filtering out bad traits and rewarding good traits to dramatically oversimplify the process uh-huh. of natural selection yeah. if every time the bees go out of their hive in mass a devastating tornado rips through the area well that would kill all of the bees right, right so if if anything like the fact that you know bees need flowers and rain and stuff like that might mean that you know at some point they you know enough motion of the bees can cause a general like rain cloud to form right. that seems like the kind of thing that would be a very nice self-sustaining cycle where you know the bees after being long enough in an area you know build up enough of a general charge that you know that brings in a, a storm that nucleates some clouds and then that rains the plants that they feed on are super super happy they keep growing the bee colony keeps growing, and then it just becomes a nice, uh, happy-go-lucky, self-sustaining cycle.
0: It's the story of the birds and the bees, and the clouds. Yeah, and the clouds. And, and so the clouds, they they did talk, that the scientists talked about that. In fact, it sounded like, you know, that's something they want to investigate next, right? Could it be, could it be, <laughs> could the bees play a role in forming, could the bees form clouds somehow? Um, and you used an interesting word there, Nuke. You said nucleate, cloud nucleation. What is cloud nucleation?
1: Yeah, so like essentially clouds are, you know, created from water vapor when it that turns into, you know, really, really tiny little water droplets. But the water droplets don't just form on nothing. They form on tiny little dust particles mm. um, that are in the air. So to actually get clouds, you do kind of need a little bit of like dust in the atmosphere. Ah. So the idea is that you know you have all of the insects and whatnot that are like you know that are covered in pollen or dust that are flying around in low atmosphere, and then that sort of bringing the dust up to where it can sort of be taken further, and then thus start nucleating clouds. So if the bees are moving into a humid area and they're like dusty and covered in pollen, that might finally trigger you know a cloud to form.
0: Right, um, right, right. Oh, I see. And then so and then that connects to the other main thing the scientists were talking about, which is the role of the movement of dust in the atmosphere could be influenced by mm-hmm. bees or even other insects, things like that. Um, so I guess the idea is that the, the uh, the bees who have this incredibly small, but present, uh, electrical charge, um, could maybe bring dust together and then that could start, that could f- start forming a cloud. Right. It, yeah, I think
1: it help like find like the help precipitate the conditions. Maybe I'm using too much of like a sciency word. No, it's good. Um,
0: it's good. It's interesting. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, but they're sort of like bringing together the right conditions. They're your neighbor that you ask for the cup of sugar, and then you know, then they can. Now you can make a cloud because you know all of the insects or birds or whatever have brought the dust that you need to to make a cloud. Yeah.
0: No, I think sciency words, by the way, are some of the gold nuggets that you earn by listening to what the if. Mm-hmm is you can take these words like nucleate and precipitate and use them at your next cocktail party. I think everybody goes to cocktail parties So and uses words, right? Do you go to cocktail parties? I don't know. You know, I, you know I've been to parties. Usually I don't, not. I don't know if I've ever been to one yeah. called a cocktail party.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I've ever been to one explicitly called a cocktail party. Where people
0: are in bow ties. And- yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah no My, well the grad I will admit the grad students here do like to dress up so we've oh. had like prom oh very somebody nice. threw a prom which was fun very nice. but somebody also threw a good old American kegger because she was from Brazil and hadn't actually <laughs> ever experienced a good old American kegger oh, boy. um so that was a fascinating experience as well I've you know it's it's not that the grad students like to dress up in the way of you know dressing nice we just really seem to like themed parties and I'm here for it yeah I'm really yeah. really here for it yeah
0: yeah well i think I think you know it's it's also comes from a love of systems or rules or things like that. It's like, oh okay,
1: yeah a
0: theme is like, oh, there's all a genre of any kind means there's a whole lot of rules or guidelines you can follow and and, and in fact, the more subtle you're following of those rules, the more clever you are you know that's fun
1: oh yeah the the y two k party I think I was the most impressed oh, with what People really pulled out some, like, early 2000s fits, which is saying something considering most of, like, the newer class of grad students was, like, maybe six maximum in the early 2000s. Oh, I would
0: have loved to have seen that party. Yeah, that party needs judges who were born, who lived through Y2K and then could offer... uh... Could could rate you in terms of accuracy. Uh, that, that
1: was most of the old. Yeah, there's like a gamut of like grad student ages between 22 and like 35, and so right. there were some people who had like more properly lived it. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> so the bees are out there and they're making clouds and they're making it rain. Make it rain and um, what? Uh, and, and that's it. And now we notice it. Okay, so now we have decided because uh, we are mad scientists or. Uh, Over eager capitalists, uh, or just power hungry <laughs> humans of all kinds, uh, we decide to harness this power. What what's the first thing you might do? Let's say you you for, you recognize this, and you, so you form a company. What would you call the company, and what would be uh, the processes that you be, you develop?
1: Ooh. Oh, I'm I'm struggling to find like a, a good name because I, I want it to be witty. It may be slightly a pun between like bees and something about like the weather.
0: Uh, well, I, I have a name for you when you get to the military version of this company, which it abs- which is the thing that will fund the entire oh, course, apparatus. Course, yeah. It'll be called Buzzkill.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good one. And you'll have a stinger, uh, you know. Yeah. Of course. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, of course, right now, because I can't think of anything open invite to all listeners, if you do think of a great <laughs> yeah, yeah. name for the bee weather company, uh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think with all of these things, in typical fashion, human science first starts with observation. So that's sort of figuring out like what are the rules of the bees driving the weather, Yeah. Uh, both in terms of the bees and what are like the conditions that you need to finally get a storm or something like that yeah. if you... Are releasing the bees, humans are pretty good at this. Like, and I'm using a bee example for a second. Is that like we figured out what space that bees won't build hives in? I think it's like six centimeters. Oh, interesting. and this is called just the bee space, and this is why you can make hives with like the removable racks because ah. if you all, if you leave six centimeter gaps between them, they won't fill the entire thing. Wow. with honeycomb. So we've figured out how to exploit very, very random uh, quirks of the ways bees exist already. Um, So, yeah, I think first thing is is figuring out the parameters, right? If maybe the the bees aren't rain gods, right? You can't bring them to a place that's like totally dry because then all like the dust on the bees or whatever is not going to cause a cloud. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe then there's an element of, well, I can make this work you put a lot of water in the atmosphere, you bring out some misters and then the bees, and then you can maybe start turning the water that you have on the ground into cloud uh, by letting the bees loose. Right, so
0: I think first you could you could begin in a very philanthropic, charitable way, which is we're going to use the bees to end drought. We're going to go to the areas that mm-hmm. are having the worst drought, right? And you would use the bees to make it rain. That, that seems like a logical Absolutely. thing to do. And um, I wonder how you you would do that. Would you first have to, um, you know, it's, it's unclear how you would control the bees. I wonder if you would have to begin by planting um, flowers along the edge of the drought area, or or wherever in the drought area to make the bees go there, right? So that they can. Um
1: you might be able to do it with like little. Sure. Well, so you can transport bees. Right. So if you're just trying to, like, bring your set of bees or what have you wherever, uh, you can do that. Um, Maybe just, like, little sugar water stations if you need them to go to specific spots. Right, right. Um, Like, I think we have a pretty good idea of, like, what things, like, bees are attracted to as far as, like, flower shape Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. color. Right. Uh, So maybe we can, you know, make them look like fake flowers and somebody goes out there with, you know, some spikes and sets them yeah. up in the field,
0: yeah, 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 to sort of allure, have
1: the bees get to their yeah, have the bees get to their required stations, right?
0: So they do that, and 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 then you eventually you build up this, you have all these beehives, and what do they call this? Where you keep what do you keep the bees in? Is it a well? It beehive, but
1: yeah, it's a hive, yeah, it's a hive. I think, yeah,
0: yeah, those boxes, white boxes, they just call that hive. Um, so
1: I'm, there might be a more technical word if you're a beekeeper yeah. and you're listening in, and you're like, actually, they're called a Wingle donger. Yeah, please. Absolutely. Right in. And (laughs) apologies
0: to the Wingle Dongle Corporation. (laughs) And uh, so you get them there, and then clouds begin to form, and then it rains. Okay, so it's a miracle of science. And um, what do you, and and this now goes all over the world. Um, And what do you, what's your next um, ambitious goal with the bees?
1: Well, it's sort of an interesting thing for me to think about. Like, the nature is a give and take, uh-huh. push and pull, right? That, like, things like droughts exist because of a lot of other conditions coming together, mm-hmm. atmospheric, usually between, like, say, there's a storm somewhere mm-hmm. else that is sort of, you know, pushing the all the wet air away from that area. Yeah. Um, And so, kind of, I'm I'm sort of thinking on two levels of, like, okay, you can bring water to an area, but what's the long-term consequence of essentially just kind of shoving the weather where you think you need it? Right. Um, So, one, my thought is uh, where it rains, but then sort of to floods, so one thing that happens in droughts is and I'm I'm getting into a little bit of like ecology for a second yeah. is that in in places with like grassland or whatever the roots of those plants go pretty deep and they actually stabilize the soil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's if you are if all of your plants in an area have died because there's a, such an extreme drought and all of a sudden you get rain. Yeah. There's nothing in the soil to soak up the water or to slow it down. So you have brought the bees and you have watered the fields and you have flooded the village. Yeah. Um and I'm sort of I guess bringing this back maybe to like locust plague that like still the bugs are not really all that helpful. Um because yeah, it might be kind of a thing that like trying to deploy the bees for emergencies maybe backfires.
0: Right. Well, in fact, we see that in happening out in California or even in um, in Arizona. Like there, there, were desert areas and extremely dry areas where they got incredibly heavy rain in a very short period of time, and uh, it just created massive landslides because there was no the plants. Hit, there were no plants uh, keeping the soil together. Um, so I think that. Uh, uh, it's impossible to imagine this happening, you know, when a new technology comes in the world, it always has good and bad sides. And uh, one of the I, one of the things that could happen here is I can imagine massive um, competition between people, you know, if we could control the weather, right, if one country can control the weather, they're going to start making bad weather in places that they don't like <laughs> the people. Oh, yeah. Either in their own also- country or <laughs> in neighboring mm-hmm. countries, yeah.
1: And I'm just totally thinking, like, late-stage capitalism. Like, when you were asking, like, what would you do with this? And on my head, I'm just like, I imagine this going very badly and countries being extorted for rain.
0: Yeah, yeah. So take us there. So we jump way ahead, and all the the countries of the world have B-weather technology. What does the world look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, so on one end, definitely if you can control the weather, you can control... A lot of just, I mean, between both, like, food production, <laughs> dissidence, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. you can kind of maybe try to, like, discourage things from happening. For example, if, like, you are the despot using the bees to extort another country or something and people are protesting, you can send in a thunderstorm to try yeah. to, you know, wash everybody out. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, so uh, that's a ma- I, I, I don't know why I find it somewhat comical, even though in the real world, of course, that's the fun thing about doing fictional stories. <laughs> it can be comical or entertaining. I can imagine some kind of protest happening, and then every protest knows that they, the protest is only going to last so long before the uh, the bees show up, right? So they start, yeah, let's and then say, you're protesting, you're protesting at the local library because some books have been banned or whatever. So you go there and you protest, as you should. But, you know... 15 minutes into the protest, all of a sudden everybody starts hearing the bees. and so then all the protesters bust out their um, their uh, beekeeper protection, protective gear, right So suddenly <laughs> all the protesters are dressed in bee protection gear. and because the bees could also be used simply as a uh, you know uh, a deterrent themselves, not just the weather power of the bees. And uh, yeah, then the bees start making a cling. and then the protesters bring out the next piece of uh, protective gear, which is umbrellas right so they bring umbrellas up and um uh that's pretty much all they can do but eventually the bees make it rain and make it rain and it gets harder and harder and the protest grinds to a halt
1: and truly in the fashion of uh, uh maybe i'm i'm definitely showing my age as yeah the the counter of that is like You know, you watch protesters throw back cans of tear gas or whatever. If you're imagining the bees as a weapon.
0: They have their own bees? Yeah.
1: Well, no, a lot of bananas. Wait, why bananas? (laughs) Bananas, apparently to bees, that smell is very similar to bee attack pheromone. It's Uh, why they tell you as beekeepers to never eat bananas or any sort Yeah, like you will get attacked. Wow. (laughs) And so... The the sort of protest uh, counter to trying to be uh, getting the bees sicked on them, I'm very much imagining is to throw banana smoothies at cops.
0: Oh wait! So the bananas will make the bees go away?
1: No, they make them attack whoever smells like banana.
0: Oh, I I see. Okay, okay. So the bee the the banana is the uh, is the lure in a way. So uh, yeah. <laughs> That is, I like that. So now a, be, a banana fight breaks out, um, but you know it's also raining heavily, so it's, it's quite a challenge. This, this is this is a pitched battle um, between the, the forces of uh, freedom and uh, and the opposition <laughs> that and banana slinging. The bees, and bin- yeah, I, I'm just
1: realizing how intrinsically silly. this I mean, it shouldn't be just now that I'm realizing how intrinsically silly this whole situation is, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but. In a typical fashion of whenever there's people who are trying to manipulate an animal's behavior, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Where, you know, if you have the group that's trying to send the bees to actually do a job of, you know, sending rain to a place, if you're the farmer who didn't get the bees at your place because you didn't pay your taxes on time and the neighboring farm is getting all their rain and you're being starved out, well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you gotta just sort of start thinking about some creative ways to get to hijack bees.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and bananas may—you know—I I just see that there's, a, bananas are the unexpected runaway technology. Or, I don't know about technology; it's not a new thing. But basically, the bananas become incredibly important to the world economy. Bananas and bees. Yeah. Now the bees must also be generating vast amounts of honey in this process, right? So that's that's a good thing, perhaps.
1: Uh, I would. Yeah, maybe people get, I mean, maybe people get are, very
0: fat because they're eating so much honey.
1: If there are a lot more bees, yeah, like physically, we we are like everybody's into bee husbandry now because you need them to yank the weather your way. Yeah, then yeah, there'd probably be a lot more bees. I don't know how it correlates of like, for example, if if it's not everybody has more bees and it's more you're sending the same bees everywhere, I don't know how much they'd get the same time to. You know, recuperate and rebuild honey stores, but I do like this being a universe where, like, maybe we just have a lot more honey. Yes, M- yeah. mead gets really big. Like IPAs got big. <laughs> yeah. like just brewing things with honey becomes more common.
0: Right, right, and bars would no bars. I don't think bars serve bananas that much anyway, but uh, certainly it would be less of a thing. bananas, basically, bananas become a. The, the world is so we've, we've a positive thing but right now. There's a crisis, and that there's there's not enough bees. The bees are dying, right? So in this world, the bee population has grown enormously because they've become like one of the most important sources of power, and in the world, uh, we didn't even mention how the, all the electrical power you're getting. You know, you need fifty trillion of them to start your car. But I imagine everyone starts using. Everyone now has their own power source, which oh, is yeah, fifty trillion sure. bees. You know,
1: bees. <laughs> sorry, I'm still thinking about the Cards Against Humanity card.
0: <laughs> Which is what
1: bees? It's just bees. Oh, that's right? all it says. Yeah, yeah. But that's also, right. 50 trillion bees to start your car is a great. So get Cards Against Humanity card.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: One thing uh, that you brought up that's kind of oh sorry, you can no go ahead. Your thought. Uh,
0: I have no just thoughts. That one
1: thing that you, <laughs> one thing you brought up that I think is interesting to me, right, is that like we're talking about bees here as a monolith, right? But we're also talking about yeah. keeping bees not the bee species that are declining are usually native bees, which a number of which can be like solitary bees. So they don't actually form swarms or hives ah. in the same way that we do, like, you know, that the bees that we keep do. Yeah. Uh, so I think honeybees are actually like European. Um, so they're not really native to the state. So while we might be bee uh you know increasing the number of honeybees around and sort of getting maybe more pollinators in areas we also may be kind of throwing stuff in the whack a little bit because we're you know not the the native bee pe- spot like species and population are encountering much more competition now for the same yeah. resources yeah because we're incentivized for uh to breed bees that we can keep. Or two, maybe there are bees that thrive. I know, I know there are bees that thrive in drier conditions, but now we're like, oh, we can just bring the rain here, and then you're screwing over a whole host of of sort of desert insects. Yeah. So it'll be it's kind of interesting to me thinking about like, you know, for the sake of of profit, we will manipulate the environment as much as we need to. But every single time we've done that in clear cut forests to make more spaces to grow stuff, it doesn't work out the way that we want. And it turns out that just leaving ecosystems alone is by far the most stable. So I'm imagining that as much as this will be billed as a green solution to
0: That's counter right. That's right. You yeah. know,
1: the climate changing oh. Or a yellow, yeah. <laughs> a yellow and black
0: solution. Yeah,
1: <laughs> A yellow and black solution to climate change. <laughs> uh, oh my God, I'm totally thinking of the commercial for that. Don't think green. I think yellow and black. <laughs> yeah. And then there's just like a really nice, like scenic thing of like a honeybee, you know, landing on a flower.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's all going to end as all things will end uh, with Elon Musk taking it over. And I think Elon Musk is basically going to um, take over the bees and uh, he's going to change their name to X. I was about to make the same joke. I'm so glad you did. (laughs) The X's, And uh, he's going to use them as a power source, you know, and uh, it's going to be like the Matrix. The bees are going to take over. I think ultimately the bees, you know, in being used in this way, can't help but become sentient and uh, even more sentient, let's say, than whatever they're at now. And they are going to just take over. That's what's going to happen.
1: I mean, so a fun thing about bees, right, is that, like, if they don't like the conditions you're keeping them in as a beekeeper, they'll leave. So the bees are unionized, essentially, and I can only hope that if Elon Musk takes over in this bee future, they they go on strike and make it very difficult for him. Yeah, and at least get themselves some some more wages.
0: That's fantastic, bee power. We salute the bees. So when, by the way, bees, when you take over, remember that we stood on your side initially, and we support your uh, your right to health care. And and, that's true yeah the bees would also
1: be denied the bees would also be (laughs) denied healthcare let's be real this is the United
0: States (laughs) well thank you Gabby for taking us on this, launching us on this uh, far flung journey beginning with uh, reasonable science and uh, off into the wild of the bees Uh, listeners let us know what you think Where, where does this scenario evolve it never ends so it keeps going what's the next step let us know now, Patreon listeners, our Patreon members, our Patreons, will know uh, we'll get the chance to hear uh, a further development of this story in our uh, after show, which we call the post show, because I keep changing the name every week. And, um, but uh, Patreon supporters, if you want to know what Patreon is, you, you go to patreon.com slash whattheif, and you can find out all kinds of good goodies that you can get um, for your uh, table, and for yourself to wear, and and stickers to stick on your computer, to to, to, to decorate it in whatever fashion you prefer. Um, go to Patreon.com/slash WhatIf and our Patreon supporters who are who are supporting us right now, thank you for ha- making this show happen. Um, and uh, we got some, by the way, uh, Gabby, I got to show you we got uh, a new um, idea sent in by a listener, our listener Ooh. Dan, uh, and uh, Dan Mundline. Uh, who has sent in a number of excellent ifs over the uh, the years, um, has a, a wonderful idea for us in the future. If you are listening and you have an idea for a show, also send us uh, your idea. Go to whattheif.com and just click on the contact box there and uh, shoot it to us. We'd love to hear from you. If you if we if we run with your idea, you become a super if-er. Uh, so do that. And uh, again, also, if you've never checked out what Patreon is, do so. Find out what it is. and see Think about joining. Um, Gabby, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? I am unplugged. How about you, Phil? Yes, I am also unplugged. I can give a quick movie review. I saw, I got to see the premiere of Maestro, uh, Bradley Cooper's new film about Leonard Bernstein, uh, the conductor. Ooh. And in fact, the premiere was uh, shown in the uh, Philharmonic Hall, now called the David Geffen Hall, at Lincoln Center in New York, in the hall where Leonard Bernstein conducted for decades. They showed this oh, uh, wow. movie about his life, and it was fantastic. So I can I highly recommend that. People check that out when it comes out. Um that's my movie review. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Matt will be back next week. Uh Gabby, will you help us uh restore the universe to its normal balance? Will you tell the bees uh party's over?
1: Yeah, I'll round them up. As <laughs> We are sitting on our porch in this new reality, watching a flock of bees fly low in formation like a jet squadron, a (laughs) thunderstorm riding their heels. We cannot help but throw our heads back and shout.
0: "What What the is? Thank you for listening. Enjoy your honey. And always, it's not even Valentine's Day. Enjoy your honey. It's always good advice. And salute the bees. We'll see you next week.